Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Monica Yates, a trauma healer, feminine, masculine embodiment coach, and period whisperer. She's also the podcast host of Feminine as F and runs a business helping people get into the magnetic feminine energy, feel safe, letting men lead, and free themselves from their trauma and energy blocks. In today's episode, Monica talks to us about what feminine leadership actually means. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you, James, for having me. I am really excited about this. We were talking in the pre-call about just the the feminine aspect, and I, I really want to understand the nuances of that. Uh, but obviously, speaking as a man, I mean, I I have my ideas and thoughts about it, but as a man, I don't really get it. But before we get into that, how did you get into uh, the I guess becoming a feminine, masculine embodiment coach? Mm-hmm. I mean, through my own journey, I feel like it's the you know the way of most people, and I grew mm-hmm. up really hating being a woman. I grew up with a very negative uh, image of what it meant to be a woman. I thought that men had the good end of the stick and women had the bad end of the stick. I had a really bad relationship with my cycle, a horrendous relationship Mm -hmm. with men. There was just, Mm -hmm. there was such a push and pull that I experienced. You know, I had this inner desire to have a man lead me and to be able to surrender to a man. But at the very same time, that felt so wrong. And it felt like Mm -hmm. I had to be a girl boss and I had to achieve and I had to, you know, prove my worth through my work and through succeeding. So there's so many different parts to my story. Um, but I feel like what's relevant yeah. today for the topic of feminine leadership is I basically had this idea that the more that I hustled and the more burnt out I was, the better I was. I wore my burnout as a badge of honor. Mm. And I, you know, uh, and I know that a lot of women kind of do the same, right? We joke about, yeah, running on 10 coffees today, or I only had two hours of sleep. And we have this really weird um, idea that the, the the less sleep you have, the the less you can prioritize your time and your self-care and the more that you're putting your work first, it's like, oh, she's successful. And I mm. really had what most women these days have where there's this belief that the more external success I have, the more I'm kind of ticking mm. the boxes of what it means to be a woman today. And I completely disconnected myself from my true desires. I disconnected myself from what felt good to do because it felt 
also wrong at the same time. And it was this constant dichotomy that I, that I found myself in. And I was actually in a relationship with a man that was very into masculine and feminine, and he could not stand it because I mm. was so hyper-masculine. I had this wall around me. I was very, very cold and unemotional because I thought that was what I should do. I thought that was cool. I was, I really believed mm through and through that why would a man want a a woman that can cry and stuff like isn't that weak isn't that needy and so i had all these really yeah. negative connotations about what it meant to be a feminine woman and we got into an argument one day and he basically said why are you such a cold b word and it just mm. it took me by surprise but it woke me up in the way of it opened up the conversation of wait don't you want me to be cold like isn't that cool oh. to be like unemotional? Don't you want me to like not be needy? Like I had such a fear of being too much or asking for my needs mm. to be met or just being too emotional, you know? And so that conversation just opened my eyes up to the fact that what I thought men wanted was not what they wanted. And what I thought, mm. you know, women should be is not, wasn't, you know, maybe it was ticking society's box of what women should be, yeah. but it wasn't bringing a healthy relationship in. It wasn't what a good man wanted and it wasn't making yeah. me happy anyway. So that was really my kind of journey into this whole world. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing all that. There's, there's a lot there and, and I'm sure many people listening can, can resonate with that. You know, there's, as the generations past and coming mm -hmm. towards today, there's different ideas of what it means to be feminine and what it means to be masculine. I've seen some TV shows that have like an older, an older generation and a younger generation. So you have like maybe the baby boomers and um, the Gen Z. And there's such an interesting dichotomy or juxtaposition between the two different versions of what it means to be masculine and what it means to be feminine. As society has changed a lot, with your understanding of what it means to be feminine and what it means to be masculine, how would you describe that? So the first thing I would say is you have to focus on an energy. It's not about a look, right? So you as a woman, it's not, right. this doesn't mean that you have to stay at home and cook all day. If you want to do that, Correct. amazing. It's about what feels mm -hmm. good to you, right? But it's, it's about what feels mm -hmm. good to you. So what can be empowering for one woman could be disempowering for another woman, you know? So for one woman, her desire could be to look after the kids and, and cook and tend to her garden and do all of that. For another woman, that could feel really, it could drive a lot of tension in her body and that wouldn't I feel agree. aligned for her, but it would actually feel more aligned to go and, and have this amazing purpose and fulfill this beautiful job. But the key component around it is the energy. So feminine energy, it's about flow. It's about ease. It's about, does it feel good? It's about it being, being heart driven. So does your body actually feel relaxed and open when you're doing this task or does it feel tense and restricted? So, you know, I work a lot. I love my job. I love what I do. But when I'm working, I'm in a state of flow. I feel so open. It feels so easy. You know, it's, it's exciting. So I'm in my feminine when I'm working. And for some women, you know, they could be sitting at a corporate job that they hate, let's say, and they want to have purpose. They do enjoy working, but the job itself makes them feel constricted and tense and exhausted every day. So they're not in their feminine, right? So femininity is really about working with the body. So, you know, right. if we look at, if we look at men, masculine, the masculine energy is more about the head that the thinkers, they're doers, they're executing they're they have discernment, they have direction, 
they're, you know, they're typically more aggressive and dominant because of their testosterone versus women. We don't have nearly as much testosterone as men do. Mm -hmm. And we have predominantly estrogen and progesterone. And that makes us softer and more emotional and more in tune Mm -hmm. with our intuition. And this isn't a social construct thing. This is biology. This is science. This Mm -hmm. is like so much research where our hormones affect the way in which we live our life. And unfortunately for a lot of women, it's just, and you know, I was one of them. We aren't taught this stuff in school, you know? Mm. So for a lot of us, we think that it's cooler to go and do a certain thing. And we have this kind of cool girl persona that we want to fit ourselves into. But at the very same time, we disconnect ourselves from our body, which is where the issues Mm. then start to arise because our, because our body Mm. is our home. Right. Whereas for a man, when he doesn't feel like he's got a direction and a purpose, which is more head driven, like, yes, your heart is excited about it, et cetera, but it's more head driven. A man then feels like he loses his sense of self because where men, you know, where, where the masculine energy predominantly lies is more in their head. So without getting too into the details, that's hopefully like a good summary of it. Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, the concept of quality of life. Uh, and it's a little bit different yeah. than obviously how your body feels. I, I know for me, um, obviously as a man, uh, when I started lifeology, mm-hmm. I wanted, I left my, my private practice, uh, psychology practice up in DC. I was like, I want to create a life for me that makes more sense. And so for me, it was the mm-hmm. external aspect of what does my quality of life mean? And so I see what you're talking about as far as the mindset component. So I created a quality of life that was specifically for me. What I'm hearing though, for you is what you're saying with women. It's it, the, the linkage between the, how their body feels, how it how it activates, how it's healthy, that in the moment they're able to really recognize, am I in my feminine energy at that moment? Is that correct? Yes, correct. And why this is important is because for a lot of women, like our trauma response, as I'm sure you know, is more so Mm -hmm. disassociate or fawn Mm -hmm. or freeze, right? Just because we Mm -hmm. know that we can't fight in the way that a man can fight to protect ourselves. And so what happens for a lot of women because of trauma, because of wounding, abuse, whatever it is, is we, it creates, and society, it just piles on this feeling of disconnection from our bodies, of numbness, of, of people pleasing, right? And, and having this, this focus on everybody else, but not on you. And so what happens for a lot of, for a lot of women is their whole life, they live in what they, in a way that they think they should live or how they think they should be happy or what would make other people happy because they can't tune into their body because they're so disconnected from it. And, you know, the hustle culture of society and the, the, you know, the constant comparisonitis and the decision fatigue and just the overwhelm of social media, it just exacerbates the disconnection, which makes it harder and harder for women to be truly tapped into their feminine energy. You know, feminine energy doesn't mean, oh, dancing and wearing frilly dresses. Like, yeah, that can be part of it if that feels good for you. But it's something so much deeper that's beyond just the surface level things that most people will talk about. Yeah. Are there specific techniques that you have women or people in general uh, do in the moment to really recognize if they're actually in their feminine flow? I mean, the main one is like, how does your nervous system feel, right? If your nervous system is heightened and activated, which a lot of people can't even recognize because of the disconnection, right? Which is where Mm -hmm. I'm so big on in order for you to be in your feminine or be in your masculine, you have to heal all of the wounds and the trauma and the energy blocks and all the emotional, like that stagnant emotional energy. So you can actually get into your body. But the biggest one is like nervous system regulation. 
majority of people don't know how their nervous system feels. They don't even know, am I stressed? Am I relaxed? People often think they're relaxed when actually they're still stressed, but in terms of their normal stress level, it's a little bit less. So, you know, the main, the main technique, like something that I love to get my female clients to do is, can you make a cup of tea and can you sit by a window and can you stare out the window and do nothing for 20 minutes and drink a cup of tea? Majority will be like, uh, okay, I'll try it. Like two minutes in, they're like, I can't do this. And that is a very clear indicator to me of you can't be. You can't just sit and be, you have to be doing in order to be feeling productive. You know, and a lot of our system is whether it's school, whether it's society, however you were brought up, it's the more productive I am, the more that I'm doing, it increases Mm -hmm. your level of self-worth, quote unquote. Your value, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we think, but then we can't actually just sit and enjoy our life. You know, there's a lack of presence. So that little thing is always a good little test. (laughs) I like that. I think that's a really good. That's a good litmus test. Transitioning yeah. into what feminine leadership actually means. So uh, here is, as a man, once again, uh, hearing this for me, I'm like, okay, well, I was raised by really strong females. And so I, I think I don't have um, preconceptions because that's how mm-hmm. I was raised, but obviously I, I do. I have a lot of blind, we all have blind spots. So what does the, what does it actually mean for, le- for feminine leadership? What is that? Cause I've heard that many times. I've talked to many people. What's your version of that? Okay. So to me, feminine leadership, again, there's no one size fits all, but it's about, are you leading in a way that feels good to you? You're not leading because the same way that someone else is doing it. You're not showing up and running a company the, the, way, the, the, uh, the same way that somebody else is doing it because you think that looks good, but rather does this align with my values? Does this feel good to me? Does this align in where I want my life to be going? You know, so if you're running a company, and, you know, you are, uh, you know, constantly pushing everybody to achieve more, achieve more, achieve more, but you actually want to have a more low key life, then it's mm-hmm. out of integrity with actually what your heart wants. Right. So then it's like, okay, are okay. you achieving to it's suit somebody else's standards or are you achieving to actually make yourself happy? So really feminine leadership is about, does it feel good to me? Does it feel in alignment? Like, does my body stay relaxed? Do I feel excited about this? Or does it feel hard? Does it feel like I'm pushing, you know, does it, I'm pushing myself against bricks? Does it feel like there is constriction in my body? And then the other obvious things are, you know, in regards to leading a team or leading a family, how are you leading them? Are you leading them with empathy and compassion and kindness and openness? And that doesn't mean that you allow people to walk all over you or to disrespect your boundaries, but it's, are you leading people in a way that's going to help them to show up as their best self so everybody wins? Or are you leading them in a way that is also constricting them and then everyone's just getting stressed, everyone's getting traumatized and nobody likes their job? So the feminine leadership really is about bringing the best of you out and also the best of everybody else out as well. And two uh, two more really important things for me also is authenticity. When you're mm-hmm. authentic, when you're yourself, when you're just showing up as you, you're going to be wildly more successful in whatever it is that you do. And success does not have a particular measure, like whatever success sure. is to you, you is perfect. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. when you're authentic, it's easy. You're not trying to be somebody else. It's not exhausting. You're just showing up as you. People are going to either love you or they're not going to like you, which is great. 
you don't want to be in the middle. Yeah. You want people to love you or not like you. Like that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. So the authenticity is really important. And then the other piece as well that often people forget is, especially for those running their business, is when you're showing up daily, when you are, whether it's on social media, whether it's, you know, doing interviews and that kind of stuff, are you really grounded in what you're saying, right? Are you embodied in what you're saying or are you just okay. saying something because that's going to make money and, and sell something? And the reason why I bring this up is because when you're embodied in what you do, so when you live it out, when you actually walk the talk, mm -hmm. you don't have to do much to sell it. You just have, yeah, you just sure. get to be you. And that's the beautiful thing about yeah. being a woman is that our feminine energy is naturally magnetic. We naturally magnetize people in, you know, we naturally turn heads. And the more that you're in your authenticity and the more that you're embodied in your work, you showing up, you just being you, people are going to literally see, especially other women, she's the real deal. And that is going to attract them in not just your words. Anyone can say anything, but not everyone can actually embody everything. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. I, I appreciate so. all those, all those, um, the, the reasons behind that. And I, I was, I was actually thinking more in the sense of, as you were talking, it, I like the fact that the congruency, in other words, you're connecting between mm. when you truly understand yourself, understand what feels right. And so what feels right with healthy, normal, that is going to be slightly different for everybody. And so that in itself is a whole other show of how to really be specific and intentional about that. Mm -hmm. But I like how you really have the awareness and introspection piece. And then that translates externally to the business component. So historically, I've worked with people or have talked to people that have this idea that feminine energy or feminine leadership is always the same. It's always in the same mm. vein, if you will. But I like yours specifically because it's, it's, it is specific for each woman of the understanding of what feels right for them as opposed to just male, female components. Yeah. We're not, we're not all the same, you know, and, mm -hmm. and even just for a lot of like to, with your, with your mom as well and being raised by really strong mm -hmm. women is a lot of women, they think that in order to be a strong woman, you can't ask for help. You can't yeah, yeah. soften into the support of a man. You know, you can't mm -hmm. call your girlfriends and ask them to help you out. And that's a really important thing that I actually missed before of like a woman that's in yeah. feminine leadership. And to make it clear, you can be leading and not run a business. You are leading your family. Mm -hmm. You're totally. leading your yeah. friends. Like there's so many different ways that you can be leading as a woman. But a big mistake that women make is the misindependent. I can do everything myself, you know, and it's this... It's this badge of honor, but it's also actually tied into a little bit of victimhood without getting too into it. It's really interesting because it's mm, like you're trying to prove it. yourself, you know, mm -hmm. but if you actually know your worth, if you actually know that you're enough and that you're strong and capable, then you don't have to prove it to anybody. So of course you're going to ask for help because yeah. you don't need to do it alone, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, so that would be a last, uh, uh, the last component as well is as a woman, like, are you allowing yourself to lean on other people? Are you allowing your yeah. man to lead you? Are you allowing yourself to soften or are you pushing every day for what? Like, what are you trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people also, they may have this awareness, initial awareness of how they feel. And then with what you're saying translates into how they lead as an entrepreneur, et cetera. But sometimes we think it's one and done. I've, I felt it. So it's congruent. And then we don't realize that it's a daily thing. We have to mm. constantly be aware of how we feel, the introspection, um, what's happening with us. How is that translating externally, perhaps your business? And so I think that that is a time when people can become stagnant or perhaps uh, only not realize that they are a dynamic person, meaning 
things ebb and flow all the time. And so to be very specific and intentional about that every day, I think is really important that sometimes people don't always recognize that what I felt, what felt right for me last week may not resonate today. And if, is that something that I've created that I need to look at, or is there an actual change in my life that I need to be aware of as well? Agreed. Yeah. We are not the same every day, especially as women. Like we have a cycle. We're not the same every day. We're not the same every week. And like, that's a really important point in that we need to always reassess. Like it's, and that's, that's something else where a lot of women don't allow themselves to be a little bit slower one week do a little bit less, mm, do fair. a little bit more other yeah. weeks, you know, and I'm really passionate about talking about this because every day is different for me in terms of my productivity or what I get yeah. up to or what I feel like doing. And by honoring that, I'm honoring my feminine body and it allows me to be more connected to myself, to be able to feel my intuition more, to actually just be healthier in all forms, like mind, body, soul, mm. etc., cetera, um, rather than thinking, that I have to be the same every day, which is not true. Like for a man, yeah. great, but we are so wildly yeah. different. And so when you do that, you are working against your body. You're not working with your body. So as, as a man, of course, we, we have slightly different, obviously different chemistry, but when for yourself, do you have, as a behavioral scientist, I'm thinking this way, do you have parameters as far sorry, as James, I'm when sorry, you're... for some reason, my, my mic has like my ear, uh, my, uh, ears have disconnected. Oh, okay. Sorry, that would happen. Just changed it. That was so weird. Okay, you can no keep going. Sorry, no say that again. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. We'll cut back in. <clears throat> yeah. So, as a behavioral scientist, listening to this, I um, I, I'm curious. So, obviously, as a man, we have different chemistry. And so, for you, you have do you have parameters parameters as far as um when you're not like when you're when you're not ha don't have your period at the time? Do you have mm -hmm. parameters as far as how productive you are? And then when you do have your period, how how that productivity is different? So the parameters meaning. Do you ever go below it? Because sometimes we get, we just have a, we're in a certain mood and we're like, I just don't feel mm. like, it. so do you have parameters for yourself to say, all right, I need to push myself a little bit further because I know this is more of a, a mood thing as opposed to a physiological thing. That's a really good question. And honestly, depending on my cycle, like where I am, okay. It's going to change the answer. So for example, if sure. I'm in ovulation where I know that my body mm -hmm. can withstand more stress, I know I can push myself more. I know I can have a little bit less sleep. If I'm just like being a bit lazy one day or I'm in a bit of a mood, I'll get, I'll push myself out of it because sure. I know that it's not, I don't need to be in the mood. I don't need sure. to necessarily rest right now. And again, maybe I do. Maybe I've actually had a really intense previous month mm -hmm. and I need to give myself a little bit of a break. So it's so dependent on like, on, yeah. on the context of the situation. But generally speaking, you know, when I'm in the beginning phase of my cycle, so after my period, mm -hmm. follicular ovulation, I will push myself mm -hmm. a little bit more. I will try and get more work done because I can, and my body can, um, can take that without having negative effects. And then mm -hmm. when I drop into luteal phase, I will then try and pull mm -hmm. back and slow down and my period as well. Because what a lot of women don't realize is a lot of women will may maybe slow down on their period, maybe, but if you slow down and, and generally speaking, because they have a painful period, but if you slow mm -hmm. down before your period, you actually won't need to slow down on your period. Oh, so a lot of okay. women, they feel like they lose two weeks out of the month because they've mm -hmm. lost their luteal phase because it's just like, yeah. it's not ideal. And it's a bit of a, you know, a, a time in hell. And then they also will lose their period because they're in pain or because they feel sick mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Right. So they've lost two weeks. Instead, if you slow down in your luteal phase, yeah. 
you'll actually find that you won't need to slow down as much on your period because your hormones starting to increase again. So you can actually increase your energy. No, it's not the same as being an ovulation, sure, yeah. but it's yeah. just like an interesting thing to start, to start noticing about yourself. And it allows you to actually feel like instead of, instead of having, instead of going month to month of not being aware of your cycle and therefore mm -hmm. in your luteal phase being like, oh my God, I have so much work to do and having to push through and then yeah. knowing about it. If you are aware of your cycle and therefore aware of your calendar and aware of what's happening, you can kind of align things a little bit better in a good way where you'll sure. find that you'll yeah. get more done, you'll be more productive and everyone in the household will be a lot happier. <laughs> <laughs> in psychology, we have what's called a premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And usually they'll find most people have, um, who have the pre premenstrual dysphoric disorder will actually have certain types of medications to help them through that. I really like what you're saying though, is as far as owning that, being more specific and intentional about what mm. can you do prior to your cycles? So the understanding, creating your environment, which allows a person to live a life on their terms, as opposed to keep pushing themselves harder and harder. And then when they do have their cycle, of course, unfortunately, it's, it's more difficult for them. Yeah. Unfortunately, our time is up. You and I could talk for hours. <laughs> you taught me so much today. I really appreciate that. Monica Yates, if my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you, to learn all the different things you're doing, where would they find this information online? The best places, the best start again. The best place to go is my website, monikeyateshealth.com or my Instagram, monikeyateshealth as well. And you'll be able to find the links to everything else from that place. Wonderful. I really appreciate that. Well, Monica, my viewers and listeners also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmiddlelifeology.com and I'll link them with you as well. Thank you for being a wonderful guest today. Thank you, James.